Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Crushing Depths, a D20 Modern Real Play podcast. I'm Paul, the GM for this campaign, and showrunner for the LTM Gaming Podcast. The LTM Gaming Podcast, to which you are listening right now, consists of, theoretically, four campaigns. A homebrew 4th edition D&D game run by TJ a D20 Modern game run by me, a Serenity slash Firefly game run by Matt, and a now upcoming 5th edition Forgotten Realms campaign run by Steve. We rotate through these campaigns, and right now we are in the midst of playing a Serenity Firefly campaign while you listen to an old recording of a D20 Modern campaign. Last week on The Crushing Depths, Players had a bit of ennui, but finally decided they needed to try and get some attention from the Balor folk and get help for their next move. This week, there's nothing worse than Jello that's not really there. We give you illusory Jello. We hope you enjoy. To see a chicken with no head. So you're covered in feces? Why? You make that sound like I'm not normal. Hey, TJ, how's your nuts? <laughs> but Steve didn't know it was surgery. He just wanted to know how TJ's nuts were. Yeah. I'm a very inquisitive person. That's a, <laughs> a normal email from Steve. <laughs> All the time. So, Matt. Yes. Tell me about your Neverwinter character. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying, tell me about your nuts. <laughs> no. I'll ask you on the guys weekend when you can just show me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't be so testy. I plan on doing nothing tactical, so. <laughs> if we screw up Paul's plans again, we're not. But right, this, this, game, this game will go till next October because we just won't get to the end. <laughs> What do you guys like, do? Will you continue how, or cowering in the basement? <laughs> We're going to go house shopping. I heard there's a farmer's market down 28th Street this week. Hey, let's go. I'm planning on disassembling the entire wood chipper and putting it back together. <laughs> this what makes evil. Roll to see if you remember to do your taxes. <laughs> you we have a month before it's taxes. It's still July. <laughs> I was like, in the future, taxes are due in August. That's right. There you go. Just yeah. another aim of. Unless you're in the tea party, then you're just getting an automatic audit. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Time-specific jokes. <laughs> Topical. Topical. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Topical joke. You just made this entire recording obsolete. You know that, right? <laughs> no, it's historical. It's like a time capsule. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You were timeless up until this point, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for in the future, so. <laughs> the far distant future of 2000. Yes. <laughs> in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, what's going to happen this week is I am going to do the recap. Because Ooh, we continue to be paying attention. Which means you guys have other things to do after I'm done. But feel free to interject with things you think are important. Because I'm going to do 
a pretty quick recap. Uh, you guys started at the, the church because you had been called and summoned. Sal had a conversation with, a short conversation with Karanzan in which he was told that his vision meant something great was happening and he was going to be the mouthpiece for the gods and they were going to take over the world. At which point Karanzan, well, Sal tried to tell Courtney it was pretty bad and Karanzan turned his face back and said, kill Courtney. At which point Sal said, fucking run. And there was a little fight. You lost a tentacle. Yes. Awesome. Like, someone got punched off. Sal tried to run away and was pulled back by Karanzan, uh, at which point Sal chopped off his tentacle with his hand. Haikiba? Vanessa and Russ came to help Sal. Vanessa mostly did this by zapping him with lightning. Karanzan zapped away, as well as Manzikorian zapped away, taking Courtney with them. And she screamed for help as she was pulled away. Uh, you guys went back to the Gian Galeasso farm and called Lydia to come, and you told her the story of everything that sort of happened to you since uh, you had gone to Watkins Glen, basically. Uh, you slept the night. Enzo called, and you found out that Izzy and Carmela have taken the tickets and gone to the UK. You went back to Crop Squares with Lydia, and she showed you some of the upgrades she's done to the building. Uh, by the way, I found my notes on that, and the fourth thing that I could not remember was, so you have Vanessa on her little interface for Crop Squares right now has four, it's basically like a, you know, drop-down menus that you go through the hierarchy. So your four top items on there are lockdown, weapons, communications. The fourth one, which I can't believe I forgot, is self-destruct. Ooh. Which is not currently active. Oh. But you can see kind of the way, like, she sort of set up the skeleton menu of things that she's putting in. So it's obviously not just a self-destruct that's going to destroy. I mean, you could set off to basically do a controlled collapse of the building, but it's also things like it's self-destruct for just wiping all your hard drives, basically. Or select... Blowing up New York? <laughs> no. Or selectively torching single floors or something like that. So you, it's not, none of that is active at the moment, however. So if you, if you don't pay your rent, poof. <laughs> right. I don't like, I don't like how Leo decorated poof. You guys ended with Vanessa took the staff up to the roof and shot off a lightning bolt uh, to try and get the attention. For Sal's. Yep, to try and get the attention of the Ballarites. And Russ suggested that you guys call Elias Bowman's store, and he left a message with him to try and contact that way. And when we ended, you guys were, I, I told you, if you were contacted back for those means, it probably wouldn't be for another 24 hours. So you should plan, you should think about what you were planning to do in that 24 hours. And we'll get to that. But before that, what I want you guys to do is... Uh, we've done different things talking about your character. I would like to each of you to go over your character's equipment, what you carry with you, what you have on your person, what you might have elsewhere, uh, with special attention paid to any magical or extraordinary items that you might have in your possession or on your person. Starting with Sal? Starting with Sal. Sal is still carrying his gun, which he almost never uses because it's stupid. <laughs> it's not nearly as good as his fist. Speaking of which, he has his awesome brass knuckles. Do they have names? Like, um, Ron Burgundy? <laughs> he's named Ron Burgundy? No. In the movie, he's like, <laughs> yes, I like, know. And they have hilarious names. I was just curious. That totally sounds like something Sal would do. But. Sal only has one flaming gauntlet, though. Yeah, he named it Gonorrhea. <laughs> um, he's, Wearing 
Which tactical is, armor which and is, has his uh, <laughs> awesome NFL Fox robot shield. He named it Gonorrhea, which is Spanish for, like, I will win or something? Is that no. For, for gonorrhea. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it'll make you burn when you pee. <laughs> he has a ring, which gives him the bonus to all of his saves. He has a, another ring, which cannot be removed, which gives him regeneration. Well, it can be removed. It's not the way that you want. No, I think we decided that if we cut off my finger, it would just grow a new cell. So, thereby preventing... The old cell would removed. die. Yeah, it would just wither into a husk and then evaporate. It's like a prestige, but weirder. Yeah. And then I'm just doing a quick look to see what I would actually have on my person. Uh, probably the windbreaker. You're wearing some other things. I don't think you mentioned, unless I missed it. And the, yeah. the boots. Oh, and yes. you didn't mention the boots. I did not mention the boots. That is correct. Um, because although I have the stats written down, I don't have that uh, line item. So I will add that right now. Um, which are uh, super gay looking, except for when Sal wears them, and then they look totally like dude boots. Because <laughs> you have a lot of stuff on your equipment slot on your character sheets. Yeah. I, well, so at the time I was imagining like, oh, you know, I'll be on a farm and I'll just have all this in my beat up pickup truck. And then I sort of turned it into a thing where Sal doesn't really have a car because he lets his daughter have the car and his parents <laughs> have the other car. So then, you know, there's all this stuff which is seeing a car that he never really has. So all this crap that's on your character sheet is where? We'll say that... I believe the first aid kit has to be on your person somehow because you used it. Okay, then we'll say I definitely have the first aid kit. <laughs> I definitely have the holster. In the future, no, first only. aid kits are like the side, like they fit in your ring yeah. on your finger. <laughs> right. Right, right. That sells anesthetic. He just punches you until you pass out. <laughs> well, no, I cauterize. Stop <laughs> feeling pain! <laughs> I'm looking at almost everything else is going to be in a car, which at this point now I'm going to say that at the airport <laughs> it's parked downtown somewhere. No, it's not. Um, because it's an airport parking. No, Izzy didn't have a car. She wasn't driving. Um, because I said when we went back to the farm that I was going to take a car. I I know that I specifically said in one of the recordings. I'm going to take the spare car. Okay. You went so, so far as to put saddle and tack on your character sheet, TJ. Well, that can be in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you done? Y- yeah. All right. I'll go. Okay. Always have a gun in a holster. Once again, probably don't even need it. But it's more than likely just going to be drawn on me and used <laughs> against me. But... I would imagine that I have I have a leather jacket, which somebody gave me. Russ. Yep. I'm guessing it's somehow added to my armor class. Yeah. Okay. I have a low sneer, which I can't drop. I have a mat, uh, which does... It's a plus two staff of power and extras against illithids. I have a metamagic rod of quicken with all the uh, runes on it. That's the same thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, it became that. 
Uh, I have uh, just like a sack that I, I don't know, I imagine I'm kind of like carrying it around my neck, which is the the, the seven demon bag minus the concussion one and the cold one. Mm-hmm. You mean a purse? <laughs> it's like a little leather bag, I would imagine, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's like a dice bag. It's yeah. kind of what I... What yeah. I it's like a clutch. <laughs> this is TJ in character as Sal. It's like yes. a clutch, right? Exactly. <laughs> For your tampons. <laughs> Thank you. I have a plus one to all saves charm, which I don't know if I was ever defined as to what that is. You know, like, is it God wasn't that the brooch? Bro- no, the silver owl brooch is something entirely different. I, yeah, I don't see, that's, we had the same problem last time I was asking it about this stuff, and you had this well, plus one to all save thing, and I don't know where it came from. It's not from, like, I think it was given to me, because didn't we have one, maybe it's a ring. Well, didn't we get two rings magical at one point? Yeah, I have the Where one that's plus one to all saves, and there's another one that's plus three against psionics. Oh. And I have that. Oh. Yeah, I don't know where I got it from. You just gave it to me. <laughs> See, I think you're just counting the Ow. ring twice. Counting <laughs> what ring twice? The ring of plus one to all saves. No! I have charm written afterwards, Paul. I would have wrote, written down ring. Right. Clearly. Uh... I do have a list of all the loot that I've... And it's, and it's like, I wrote it a long time ago. See, no. But I've had it for a while. Okay. From one of the different sessions, probably. Well, you know, yeah, I'm well, sure, Paul, if you just more clearly read Steve's notes, you'll find that Steve has a plus <laughs> one save ring. Uh, it's true. We'll say, actually, that it's... We're going to define it right now. I have no remembrance, recollection of where it came from. We're going to say it's some... Half the time, you just like, hey, look, you found a seven demon bag in your store. That's what I was just going to say. You You found found some some earrings. In your store. They're earrings. Just, yes. Plus one, I'll save earrings. Ooh. Angly earrings. Are they little... Can I say they're little uh, dream catchers? Absolutely. Not. TJ, did you write the script? I didn't think so. Shut up. <laughs> I like to think of myself as more of an ad-libber. Ah. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay, so, that, that, that. And I have a strand of prayer beads. I have, it says, blessing, healing, karma, and summons. You also have tactical goggles. But I hadn't gotten that far. Oh, okay. I have the silver owl brooch, mm-hmm. and I have the tactical goggles. Okay. And it's, I have the the silver owl brooch as being a brooch of wizardry. Mm-hmm. That it's just double, well, know? it acts like that. It just doubles your level ones, doubles how many level one spells you can cast. Okay, then I've already taken that into account because I have a four written instead of two. Okay, so okay. Right. Yeah. All right. See, I'm wearing the what used to be Lydia's windbreaker. Which is, uh, what, the plus two jacket and it's damage reduction one nil. Mm-hmm. I still carry my stun gun. Uh, I've got my Goss pistol and my Falcon 45 that are always on my person. And, uh, recently I've been carrying around an M16 also, usually 
I guess it'd be probably just like slung to my back on a strap okay. when we've been walking around. But you know, a lot of time we've been in the car or something, so I've had it kind of out. Chris have one of those like tactical chest things where it just dangles off your chest. I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that, where it's you know, I guess we're at the point where you know, that's being used often enough now that it's not meant a thing at all. Are. Yeah, not at all. But you know, especially when I'm walking around in a windbreaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see a guy walk up with guns hanging off every <clears throat> part of him, but could it be a sling almost, as if you were slinging your gun? Yes, exactly. That's why I think it needs to be on a sling. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he carries around a sling instead of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> he's, a, he's totally a slinger. A sling slinger. Yes. No, my shotgun's basically been. Semi-permanently mounted to my motorcycle, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't worry about carrying that around so much anymore. Wait, never don't really you have a, wait, don't you have a mount on it? Yeah, it's it's mounted. Yeah, I can pull it out and. Oh, okay, that's what I was getting at. Like I, I yeah, didn't, yeah, you're saying semi because you can take because it. Off. That's, basically, that's just where I leave it now. Uh, yeah, Lydia tried to start your public parking. Yeah. Lydia, Lydia tried to start your <laughs> motorcycle and totally shot some hobo. <laughs> <laughs> This thing backfires, watch out. <laughs> you aim it behind you, you go faster when you spit. Yeah. Along the same lines, the uh, the roll of uh, duct tape of repair we found, I, I left in the motorcycle. Okay. Um, but the that little ball that gives me a bonus to, uh, what was it, deflection against projectiles, mm-hmm. uh, that I've been keeping um, basically in my jacket, one of the pockets, uh, but I haven't used it yet. That also yeah. does something else. I it levitate. Yeah, okay. But I haven't played with it enough to use it that way. Yeah. Like we mentioned before, I've I've got the ring of plus three versus psionics right now. And uh, I've got my uh, bracers that are now plus two to hit, plus one to damage with my pistols. Yep. I think that's it for the fancy stuff. I think I've still got one of the... Uh, Hypo spray things of cure light wounds, and I've got my multi tool and a couple other you know, like the zip ties and mm-hmm. <laughs> some stuff, you know, chem sticks and stuff I keep in my pockets. You know, just some kind of normal semi-emergency stuff. Yeah, normal. Normal. People just walk around with those things. Well, it, it is the future and it is New York. So, <laughs> in case he needs to tie up some people. Yes. You mean you don't walk with zip ties around in your pockets? <laughs> well, the wife and I are always into a little S&M wherever we go. <laughs> Wait, are you talking to Sal's parents? <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, let's create uh, that portrait again. That's mostly it. If, Paul, if you're looking at my sheet, uh, basically the stuff that's on the the right side, was going to fall under the being kept in my pack mostly, and that that pretty much probably would have been in my uh, apartment, which which is gone, which is pretty much gone. So yeah, which you, I, you haven't gone back there since the last time you got back there. So. Well, see, see, that's <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I was going I was going to mention that in our things we're going to do. I was going to go walk past to see if okay. the, uh, the booby trap went off or not. Okay. Speaking so. of, that's a good segue to. <clears throat> Hold on. Oh, I want to ask: Did you have something different than what we just? Told you, for any one in particular. No, actually, I I partially wanted to do this because I have a chart of like the 
more extraordinary things that I've given you, and I wanted to make sure that everybody knew what they had. Yeah. We're all on the same page with that. Okay. So. Yeah, so there were a few things that had been broken out, like, uh, like got the, the EM ball and the prayer beads. I don't think have ever been taken out, and I want to make sure you guys knew that you did have those available to you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I don't have anything different than what you said. So. Okay. See, my sleight of hand helps for uh, putting everything in my pockets. That's just your excuse because you're a kleptomaniac. Yes, well, I don't use it like that, but... <laughs> Usually. You guys, we ended at the point where you have just finished contacting, you know, doing your the lightning bolt, and Russ has given a call out, and you're basically sitting in crop squares. It is mid-afternoon, maybe, and it is stormy outside. A nice big summer thunderstorm. I will put on my white shirt and go prancing outside. <laughs> you attract the neighborhood boys. Who is wanting to, other than Rusty, I mean, Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah. That you were, sure, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll run out and I'll offer a hand. I'm going to go out and grab some, grab something for lunch for it. What, is it lunchtime or? Yeah, it could be lunchtime. Sure. What do you guys feel like? Chinese? Mexican? Thai, if they have it. Thai? Okay. Me. Now, I assume want? we have an, I assume we have like a normal place or something. We'll, I'll have uh, Vanessa order, and I'll go walk past my apartment and then go swing by the place to pick up food and bring it back. Okay. Yeah. Your apartment is destroyed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly someone triggered your booby trap. Oh, I really hope it was the nice super from down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> it was that booby girl trap. that Russ set up a date with, but he forgot about. Oh, whoops. <laughs> When you come to my house, please just barge in. <laughs> She's trying to set up a sexy surprise for you. Oh, okay. She paid for it with her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a you... terrible, terrible person. <laughs> so, yeah, it's destroyed. Okay. I'll just keep walking. There's, like, police tape around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll go and pick up the food and bring it back in. Okay. And uh, I'll ask Vanessa, any chance you have a room available? <laughs> I, think, I think I need a new apartment. Well, since my home has now become the command center, and not just the brain tech, you know, command center, but the offensive <laughs> weaponry command center, sure. Thanks. Hey, and I, and I mutter under my breath, hey, you and Lydia could even, you know, shack up. <laughs> As you're saying this under your breath, Lydia's actually talking over it, and she's like, sure, there's extra rooms on the top floor. That's that great. There's only, there's only three floors. Okay. Vanessa has the second, so. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't saying go somewhere else, it was come where I am. Now here's yeah. the perfect opportunity for, sure, I like it on top. Bazinga. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. You're contributing an awful lot to this session. I tried. He's, he's medicated. It's okay. <laughs> How is this really different than normal, though? <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> I guess anyone could just jump in. 
Okay, the other thing I'd like to be working on, I guess, now that we have... I'm researching, so... Okay, okay. we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to do a couple taking 10 or taking 20 or whatever you're going to let me do for uh, putting some more detonators in our C4 blocks and just having them ready. Okay. Have like have like one or two set for like a timer and have like one or two set for like a remote thing through my key and but just take my time so it's not a rush thing and then we have them available and put them in a backpack. Okay. That's fine. Uh, and then hand the backpack to a small child. <laughs> you cannot take 20 on that. Let me just okay. see what... Uh, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I didn't look at it again. But if failure results in death, can you even take 10? You can no, take I, I 10. Let's take 10. It just takes extra time. It takes extra time. You can't take 20 because taking 20 assumes that you will fail a bunch of times before that's, you succeed. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. And if you fail and there's a penalty for failure like death, okay. you can't take 20. So we roll? You could take 10. What's your skill? Uh, it's up to an eight now. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Okay. Plus, Lydia can help, so. Sure. Uh, It'll be like that scene in uh, Ghost. Exactly, (laughs) we all have the same exact thought. (laughs) That's pretty pretty scary. (laughs) Only we're working with Semtex, you know, but whatever. (laughs) Russ is a ghost? (laughs) No, no, Russ is Patrick Swayze. Russ is a ghost? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to roundhouse kick you like in Roadhouse. <laughs> roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to add for Russ, during this 24-hour period, period uh, you realize that you're slowly losing your color vision. Oh, good. Everything's going to black and white. Uh, Lydia, actually, as she's working with you, eventually points out that your pupils have changed uh, from, you know, normal human-looking pupils to... A curvy W shape? No, well, like a nautilus. Not a nautilus. Um, exactly like a cuttlefish. cuttlefish. Exactly. Uh, Release the cuttlefish. <laughs> well, you know, Matt, here's your cue to say to her, hey, do you want to cuddle with the cuttlefish? cuttlefish? <laughs> um, you gain... This is bad. It's going to cross the red and the green wires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's the one making explosives. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Take the blue wire and cut that first before you cut the black wire. What? <laughs> so, so you gain low light vision and a plus four to any spot checks you make. In low light vision situations, I would actually encourage all of you guys to go to... Oh, I just, I'll just pull up a link because um, there's a pretty cool video of a on Wikipedia of a cuttlefish's eye dilating, which would be what... Russ's eye would look like. Uh, the other cool thing about cuttlefish eyes is that you can actually perceive the polarization of light down to one degree. Oh, neat. So you have this sort of added dimension to your overall vision, even as you lose your color. So did you guys watch the, the cuttlefish eye dilation? I did. It, would, it wouldn't load for me, so I apologize. It also won't load for me. Oh. Mm. If you go to just the cuttlefish Wikipedia page, it might... It's just uh, lower down on the right. But anyway, the gist of it is that it's a, his pupil's a W-shaped kind of thing, but in low light, it expands to basically his entire eye is black. Uh, cool. Like the demons from Supernatural. <gasps> so the sound of the blackness coming out of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sal, what you doing for these 24 hours? 
Probably calling my dad and screaming at him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, can hear, I, I can imagine it looks like something like this. Can you please excuse me for a moment? Very polite. <laughs> Closes the door to somewhere else in Croft Square. It's just your muddled racial slurs. <laughs> there won't be any muddling. <laughs> well, no, because there'd be a door <laughs> between. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be like one of those things like where he politely excuses himself and then you just hear him clear his day through the walls and the doors. <laughs> so, what? I, we're not going to role play you screaming at Enzo, but what's the gist of what you're saying? Just pissed about him letting them go? Yeah, since I explicitly told him several times, like, this is important, you guys go here, you know, Keep an eye on them. Don't let anyone here you don't know talk to them. And then his response was, oh, you've got this thing to go to a place? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. You need to make wild threats about how you're going to put them in a bad hole. <laughs> I feel like my threats would probably involve, like, violence against him. <laughs> okay. Vanessa? That doesn't, that doesn't nearly scare people, especially old people, as much as telling them they're going to go to a home. Anyway, um, I would be trying to research more about games. See if any of the things that we've seen, experienced... I think I researched Odin's stuff already. Mm -hmm. Can you deduct all the modifications on your taxes? (laughs) Can I... Count all the modifications to crop squares and <laughs> the tax write-off. Right. No. I wanted to, to research, even if it's in a different language, something about the Cthulhu thing. Okay. And not, and try to stay away from, you know, Lovecraftian sort of stuff, trying to stay with what you know, people who legitimately believe it's real. Uh, well, there's no indication that Lovecraft didn't believe it was real. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, the most, I, most can't, would, I can't imagine... Is there anything else you guys think that... I mean, I would... Honestly, what she needs right now is normalcy, which we haven't had in how long. So she would, despite the fact that it's raining, have the shop open. Okay. So she'd be researching, but hoping that customers come in. Uh, <laughs> you get a couple of, like, people you've never, you know, not regulars who sort of right. peer in and look around and quickly leave. Uh, so remember your, your entire shop is like a, it's a mechanic shop, basically. <laughs> on, on the main, on the main floor? Right, right Matt. <laughs> yeah, on the main floor. That's remember uh Lydia had put out a sign saying closed until further notice. Oh, because it's kind of a disaster area. But oh, okay. if you if you like I want to open up the store, she will sort of nervously clear a small area <laughs> for yeah, people okay. to sit. What we need one table. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh the armor plated windows do go up and down, so you know, like it's I know, not but obvious that they're there when, if, if Vanessa doesn't want them to. If you do. hide them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff hopefully the there's a whole bunch of radiation symbols all over the place, too. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I find anything pertinent, let me know. If not, 
the the things you find about the Cthulhu sort of thing is that it's basically just an end. You know, people have talked about it as like an end time myth. You know, it's like an apocalyptic myth, basically, like Ragnarok or anything else. And it's just that a, you know, this gigantic demon appears out of the sea and, you know, lays waste to humanity sort of thing. The other thing I want to look for is where, was it Lochnir, the top the, the top of the staff? Dopnir. Dopnir, sorry. Would, where it might be. Uh, you... Like if it was in an art collection somewhere or, you know, something. Because I forget, how how did we come up with that it was, you know, oh, places that guy frequented or liked. Yeah, know? what you had was you had information from Losnir who said that he, he remembered that guy Crowley was that. trying to collect but the pieces of the staff. Uh, I'm ignoring necessarily, like, I'm, I'm trying to look for independently outside of that and see if I come to the same conclusion or different ones. Okay. Go ahead and roll a research check. Research. 19. So, two things that might be relevant that you find. Uh, you do find independent verification that Crowley had a special interest in Gugnir. Gugnir, however you say it which is the entire staff together. Uh, he reportedly privately boasted to companions of his that he would someday, quote, slay the gallows. Can you type what a gallows is? Gallows. gallows. Like hangman gallows? Yeah. He would slay the gallows? Yep. The other thing I... that you find that might be of interest to you is that at some point... Crowley, uh, there's a story that includes Crowley where he summoned a demon or devil named Karanzan. Hmm. Is it spelled correctly? Did it say, when, when and where did this happen? Do I have any? Uh, Crowley was with another guy named Victor Benjamin Newberg. Who... Can you type that, please? Yeah. And I want to... I wanna... So basically, I'm going down every path that I find. Like, so who's that guy? I'm going to look up his life and see if that leads to something. I'm looking for more... Anything more solid than just rumor. Okay. But I know that rumor is probably mostly what I'm going to find. And if I have 24 hours, I feel like... I mean, besides just trying to get into, like I said, a normal... Feel normal again for five seconds since we haven't the entire time this whole campaign has been going on. Uh, Newberg was basically just an associate of Crowley's. That's what he's mostly known for. Uh, He was a poet, (coughs) but uh, he was sort of pulled into Crowley's magical order. Um, And they supposedly invoked Karanzan in the Sahara Desert in 1909. Awesome. So, so, hey, let's just, Paul, make sure you know that this is just like the supernatural world, where despite the fact that it makes absolutely no sense that stuff would be in the United States when it comes to, like, historical things, <laughs> just say that it is. <laughs> right. Uh, anything else before we move on? 
Yeah, if there's nothing else relevant, that's that's where I would have been primarily focusing my time. Okay. Sal comes out of the room in his horse. On his horse? He is horse. His voice is sore. Oh. Or is sore. Well, you do have a saddle. And tack. <laughs> tack. <laughs> that's why my throat is sore from all the tacks. Oh, okay. So, you guys pass the day, uh, and you sleep there at night, I assume? Everyone sleeps at Crop Squares? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Since it's my new home. That's right. <laughs> and, and Vanessa says, we'll talk about rent later. <laughs> Dead serious. Despite the fact that nobody pays rent ever anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I saw that button you have. I'll pay on time. <laughs> so it's the next morning, and it's about 11 o'clock, and Russ's key goes off. Ding. Um, hello? It is Elias. He says, hi, Russ, I got your message. Hey, um, hold on. I, I'm going to try to get the others and... I have a conference call here. Okay. I'll uh, get Sal and Vanessa in on it. Okay. You wake up Vanessa, who is startled because she's wearing nothing. <laughs> and then she eventually shows up. Okay. And actually, she just she just like says, I'll just key in from up here, and I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. Well, I figured I was just going to call them, not actually walk into your room. But <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want me to walk into your room. <laughs> right. You said you were going to get them. Okay. Not talk to them. So, what's up? Hello? Uh, uh, this is Nat having this stuff. And take a second. Okay, we, we were trying to reach them because we're trying to get them to... Help us destroy yeah, all it. the squid faces. Well, that too, but uh, specifically we're going to try to see if they can offer transportation to Europe. Is that why we're trying to get a hold of them to begin with? Or? It was to see if there was any help that could be provided. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> clearly whatever we've been doing has been totally off what Paul assumes that a normal person would choose to do. Well, I was just... I, I just uh, I couldn't remember for a second what we actually called about. I know we tried to get a hold of them, but why were we trying to get a hold of them? <laughs> uh, you no guys bug. need a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it's early. Sorry about this. <laughs> Where are you guys? Uh, we, we're back at Watkins Glen. You guys must not really want to kill these, uh, well, you, these guys. It, you know... The appearance of part of Gognir kind of took us by surprise, and, I mean, you know, seeing this artifact of our history recovered is quite a moving event we're caught up in. Uh, you know, once we once you guys quickly outdistanced us, it was obvious, you know, we weren't going to be able to do anything, so we turned around and hoped you would come back at some point. Now, you need to make sure you're telling me what the, if Losnir can hear this and if he's talking to me again. Okay. Sorry, just to be clear, I, like, if he's like, I will come back, I love you. you know, okay. <laughs> no, he's silent for the moment. Okay. But well, I'll, that's I'll, the first. Yeah. Uh, 
We we did kind of lose our heads there for a minute, but you know, any chance you guys are coming back anytime soon? <laughs> he said, "I find your lack of faith disturbing." <laughs> Always wanted to say it in game context. <laughs> Uh, maybe. We actually were kind of interested as we have a, a lead on some other, uh, parts here. We wanted to see if you might be able to offer some assistance. Well, what do you need? Uh, any chance you guys have Yeah. Sorry. Lots of guns. Yeah. Lots of guns. Uh, any chance you have your own, uh, fleet of jets or something? Fleet of jets? Or guys, Yeah, how do you guys, uh, travel? Uh, ATVs? <laughs> he didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, specifically I mean, to Europe. My mom's bike. <laughs> right in the basket. Um, well, I, you can't get a flight to Europe? Well, we might, but we may have some logistical concerns with us passing security. Ah, okay. Well, I I do think that we... <laughs> and and you, Vanessa instantly comes in, she's like, yeah, it's your effing spear. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we could probably arrange a private flight. Uh, we do have the means to do that. Why don't you at least prep them, and we'll let you know if we want, like, it, we'll let you know soon enough, now that we know it's an option, if that's something we want to do. Okay, we could do that. Can you, I mean, Vanessa, did you get any information from that file we shared with you? Yeah, the, the business with the staff sort of interrupted that, and that was that's also very important to us. Oh, the thing you wanted me to read? Yeah. I was totally wrong. I couldn't read it. Oh. Well, that's, that's disappointing. Sell very yeah. well. He says no one could read it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say anything I knew. Uh, okay, well. Uh, and and I say, and what was the file supposed to have in it again? It, it's something we got from the Mind Flayers, and it's um, supposedly about the virus that they created. Computer virus or real virus? No, they're responsible for the the rice and the corn virus. Oh, that's them. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Steve forgot. Vanessa, wait, yeah. we knew that. Well, not no, that's not what they told you. But wait, who's they? The mind players. Oh no, but the the Baylor people is that something that they told us at one point? <laughs> no. Okay, good. They just did. They just did. Oh, so I'm. Good. Good false memories, Steve. <laughs> what you guys heard about the virus before was that... I mean, you guys went to find Zelithrid, who was the illicit right. scientist. Yeah, the jerk and who wanted to bring all this stuff. Exactly. You were told that he was responsible for stopping the virus, actually. And preventing stopping it from... From mutating further. That right, started wanted with the, rice, wanted, and then went to corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Ah. And why is that? Why would this relevant information be relevant now if the world has come back from the? Well, virus? we're close to a breakthrough of creating it. We just want to make sure we have the right key so we can wipe out the illithids. Oh, I'm sorry, the mind flayers. 
So the virus that was used to against wheat and corn, you want to use to kill illithids. Yeah, it was a designer virus created to attack certain genetic codes. So if you have the right key, you can destroy almost genetic, any genetic code you want. So that would be anybody who's had really any alterations <laughs> also by the illithids. And I'm, like, looking right at Russ mm-hmm. while I'm talking. Um... Well, we're not sure on that, but, you know, what does that matter? Oh, good. Yeah, what does it matter? Yeah. No, no big deal. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I did want to say, you know, that all that business with the trial, just, you know, if staff has chosen you, it's clear that we can just put that behind us. Uh, oh, yeah, you think we're you We're very can. sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, you will be. You're not yet. Excuse me. Oh, well, the the staff's been talking to me, and there's things that, that may have to change within your hierarchy and whatnot. We're, we're asking mostly out of a sense of trying to be friendly with you, but really, we're mostly demanding things, because now that I am your spiritual leader, <laughs> you'll basically do whatever I say when I say it, or, you know, well, maybe I'll just... Uh, it doesn't really work like that. Vanessa, you're, you're the, the chosen warrior of our people. Well, yeah. Duh. That's what I said. <laughs> but, uh, listen, you know, we'll, we'll set up the flight. Where does it need to go? <laughs> Europe. Asia. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's not just one place. (laughs) It's just that one spot on the map. The line just goes to Europe, you know? (laughs) The only, it's it's like Indiana Jones, there's only certain lines (laughs) you can hop onto. Constantinople. Woo! So yeah, he asked that question, where does it need to go? Wasn't the best of the leads that I remember, wasn't it somewhere in Scotland? You basically had two places in Europe. Scotland or Italy? Sicily, yeah. Sicily. Do you guys have a preference or a thought about which one might be better? Um, I know. I thought what we came up with, the one in Italy, was maybe the better. If that's the case, we'll go with that one. I don't remember that. Sal mutes himself and says, if we went to Scotland, I could probably swing by and send my family back home. We can do that, too. I'll say, so I'll come back and say, Scotland and then Italy. Sicily, specifically. Okay. Uh, I'll see if we could set up a, I guess where would Edinburgh be the closest? Sounds appropriate. This is the future, Paul. Every airplane has the ability just to land wherever it wants. (laughs) (laughs) They're all VTOL. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or Glasgow. Well, see, they they do right now. It's just a matter of, would you ever be able to use it again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's VT... What did you say? V... Vertical takeoff and landing. landing. Was the Harrier jet the ones that could do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. All planes are like that now. So they can just <laughs> land wherever. It's like 
It's like you're on a bus and someone hits like the 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 stop gear button <laughs> and the plane just lands, right? And people off right. and it's just flying. How much more efficient would that be? It'd be awesome. Uh, efficiency. Shut up, Matt. Shut up, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> You, you basically just end up like pouring money and gas out the back end of it trying to do that. But. It's the future. Okay. <laughs> I know. We'll say you guys can fly directly to Inverness or however you say that Inver- okay. Inverness, which is like right next to Inverness. Okay, so this is the future. Have they disproven Nessie yet? No. What? I guarantee you, by that time in the future, someone would have wasted a whole bunch of money. Like dredging the lake. <laughs> well, if we if we go and you really want me to, for three months' rent, I'll go swim back and forth and start looking. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, back to talking to Elias. Yeah, we have now scheduled hopefully a flight to. Uh, he he said he's like, uh, give me a little while to set that up, and I will call you or help help text you with the info. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. Anything else? Uh, all hail the holders. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever chant we're supposed to say. <laughs> You're gonna tow the party line. He hangs up. Well, I've always wanted to see Europe. This just really weren't. This wasn't really the circumstance in which I thought it would happen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you thought it was just going to be you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the song, hey. just you and I. Just you end up having to drag you along with the fifth wheel. Wait, who? You have to drag Russ around to the fifth wheel. Mm. Well, no, you could be the other fun couple in Lydia and Russ. Ah. Okay, so... Maybe an hour later, Elias texts you and tells you to go to this, uh, you know, specific, I don't know how private flights work. Go to a specific gate at... Wait, how can you not know? <laughs> right. Uh, it's in the sidebar. Yeah. Check the appendix. I think it's C or D. Um, you go to, I am blanking on the name of the airport. Uh, no, the other one. LaGuardia, yes. Go to a specific gate at LaGuardia. You'll be let out to get on the jet. And the flight leaves in three hours. Okay. Pack light. Actually, we'd probably go to Teterboro, but that's okay. Fine. (laughs) You go to Teterboro, whatever that is. (laughs) It's actually in Jersey, but that's the reason why you go there. It has a teeter-totter or something. It's pretty much it. Fine. Go to Teterboro. Okay. So anything you want to do in the next three hours? Pack. Okay. I assume you're packing like what yep. we talked about at the beginning of the session. And are you, I mean, you're going on the flight then? I think so. Okay. Uh, Lydia does not come with you. She wishes you well. Mm-hmm. And Basically says, you know, I have a lot of work around here to do, so just be careful. Come back soon. Mm-hmm. I'll tell her stay safe. Yeah. And you guys are in the air. You have a nice little... Ooh, that was good. <laughs> sound effect. 
and <laughs> montage of flight to Inverness. Inverness. Mm-hmm. So it would be like what you'd lose five hours going there or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd land and it would be say we'll say it's the next morning then I guess. It's like morning on the next day in Inverness and you guys get off the plane. I'm assuming we would have just taken a little doze on the plane so we could just get ready to go. <coughs> anyway, we're we're getting a, a taxi or whatever is the equivalent and going straight there. Okay. Uh, for anyone who's curious, the Bullskin Estate is on the, I guess, south east shore of Loch Ness. Uh, you go straight there. I guess you probably rent a car and drive there. Okay. Uh, as you pull up, to the the house itself is it's definitely on a you know large hill that sort of overlooks the lock. On the side closer to the lock, there is a cemetery, which is the it's associated with the Bullskin Estate, the Bullskin Graveyard. Uh, there is uh, so. This is, you're on General Wade's Military Road. Uh, the, there's an old stone fence around the cemetery. It's about four feet tall with iron spikes, just, you know, like as decoration on top of it. Uh, there's a rusty iron gate that swings uh, for the entrance of the cemetery off the road. The cemetery looks pretty overgrown. It's obvious no maintenance has been done there in a while. Uh, just from... Where you are, you can see that, you know, some of the headstones are cracked or fallen. Um, there's a wooden building that sits just inside the entrance, old wooden building. Uh, on the other side of the road, up the hill, is the main estate building. Uh, it's a mansion. It's huge. Uh, so the hills continues up from the road. The mansion sits on it such that it has you know, almost unimpeded view over the lock. Uh, there are three full stories of the mansion facing the lock, uh, but each story of the mansion is at least 30 feet tall, so way oversized Whoa. from, you know, like a normal, say, Modern 10 or 12 foot tall story. <laughs> each one is quite large. The middle of it, it, it sort of rises up to the middle of the peak and... The center is basically entirely glass uh, windows. It's a so, you know, reinforcing the idea. It probably has a spectacular view. Uh, the rest is stone. It's very gothic in style. There are gargoyles that dot the downspouts and stone arch- arches over the windows. Um, the, the center circular tower structure is the tallest, and then there's one each on either side. They're all topped with sort of dark spires. Um, everything is dark here. There's no movement around either that you can tell within the mansion or outside the mansion. I'll ask the driver if... You're driving. 
Or uh, Russ is driving. Sure. Uh, I'll Russ. Should I be I'll, driving I'll so they don't have color vision? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll quick research, like, what, you know, is this, does this anybody go here anymore? Uh, the general feel is that this is a cursed place. Um, like I said, you know, that sort of the funeral of Alistair Crowley was famous as a black mass, and he was known for his sort of occultist beliefs and things, and uh, people pretty much steer clear of the the entire estate as a cursed uh, place where, you know, you, you bring death upon yourself if you come here. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to it. I mean... Yeah, there isn't a way. Let's... <laughs> Search the place. All right. We're going to go to the front door. Because it's not like there's guards around or anything, right? Right. No, there's nobody around. It's sort right. of a, I mean, I not even like, passing on the road. There's nobody. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a thing like, it's being kept as a museum. No one lives there, but it is surrounded. <laughs> uh, as you guys approach the... If you all have your roll 20 up, or, you know, open, this is... Oops, I actually have to put you there, too. And that's just myself. It should load. Whoa. This map should look a little familiar. I think you sent it to us once. I did send it to you a long time ago. Why? Were we supposed to get there that early? <laughs> because there was a chance you could have gotten here that early. Oh, really? Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, I remember I was talking to you about this, Steve, you were where something kind of got dropped, and it was your research into Alistair Crowley. Oh. Oh, so I was doing it, and then I just stopped doing it. Yeah. So you should be able to see the, like, basically I've only revealed a deck area, mm-hmm. and then there's like a very badly drawn driveway up to the port cochere, port de cochere, whatever, and the entry balcony. You guys can see that, correct? Yep, correct. Uh, the area, that is the first floor. Um, you guys should have the whole map, so it doesn't matter that I haven't revealed it, but what I'm going to do is use the revealing just so we know where you've been. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't know if I ever saved it the first time. I mean, I'm assuming I did. But I, I haven't printed it out, fine. but it's somewhere else. All, all I have is Black Rock and Watkins Glen. Now, can you guys see yourselves on the driveway? Yes. Indeed. Yes. And Russ can actually... Uh, I didn't I didn't save this. You have the full hit points. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're still down some hit points. <laughs> it was a rough flight. <laughs> And what we're going to do is this is not so much, obviously, the map is, I don't know if it's quite to scale. It's maybe close, but we're, I'm going to use it more as a way to mark sort of which room you're currently in. Or like Clue? Yeah, more like a like a board type thing, like a board game. And also, you know, reveal rooms as you go into them so it's obvious where you've been and where you haven't been. Uh, if you compare it to yours or, you know, I'm looking at the whole thing. So as you come up to the house... Uh, the port cocher is the, and you can move your little people if you'd like. You should be able to move them anyway. That is essentially the 
uh, Port Cochere is the like an overhang that you would drive under so you could enter without uh, getting wet, getting wet or in the weather. Uh, this is a grand entrance to the house. Large columns support the stone dome, protecting the walkway to the double doors from the weather. Stone gargoyles leer both out from the edges of the dome, but also within the dome. It's uh, pretty much covered up with ivy all the way up the columns onto the dome, uh, somewhat onto the stairway up to the entry balcony. Uh, the double doors are heavy, dark wood, and reveal very little about the darkened interior. And you're just going in the front door? Sure. Yes. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> door. It's going to work. Oh, no. Sal's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Don't go into the darkness. Do like this. Yeah, I would act sad, but that would just be acting. <laughs> A little difficult to use the, like, polygon reveal tool. Unless you do really big polygons. Yeah. So this should look sort of right, right? Maybe? Are there little bits that I have yet to reveal? Well, I mean, there's little chunks that you missed, but whatever. Okay. We get the idea. Yeah. Ooh. So you should be able to I'll try and... I'm trying to think of, like, I have to reveal the where the doors are as well, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, so... You enter into the foyer. The foyer is huge. The ceiling above you is at least 60 feet above the floor, also domed. Uh, the center of this goes up. You see there's a circle with the pillars. Uh, that center is basically a hole that goes up the full two stories above you. Hanging down from the ceiling in that center area is a massive crystal chandelier topped with candles, not lights. Uh, it's fairly dark in this in the house at the moment. Uh, a mural on the dome ceiling shows a sort of very dimly lit underwater scene of sort of strange fish and cavorting fi- fantastical underwater creatures. Uh, I would like to do a, a high-resolution picture of it. Okay. Maybe, maybe shine a light on it and then kind of analyze it on my key, like zooming into certain parts and see if anything looks familiar to me. Okay. Uh, you take a picture and look at your picture and then look back, and it seems that the fish and the creatures have swum and moved since you took your picture. Uh, as you look at it... I will I will stop and say, all right, that's look us, take, take a picture of... Look at it, take a picture of it, look at the picture, and then look back at the ceiling. And, okay. I, say, and I say, just do it. <coughs> All right, so the same thing happened with him. Yes. Yeah. When you're looking at it, it doesn't seem to move. If you look away, it seems they've moved in the meantime. It, I mean, when you're looking at it, it's sort of frozen into what looks like a respectable mural. Uh, though every time you look back, the positions of sort of particular fish or creatures have changed slightly. Whoever makes this is going to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Probably why they can afford a house like this. No joke. A curving stairway leads to the second floor balcony above you. Uh, that's off to your left is the curving stairway. Um, this is, it's all, you know, very, it, it, you know, even though it's supposedly been empty for like a hundred years or something, uh, everything is very clean. It's not dusty. Um, it's 
Are there any dirty at all? No. Or like tracks of like mud? Because it doesn't rain a lot in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no tracks at all. Okay. The a few steps in front of you leads up to the great room, which you can see on the map there. Uh, this is the other side of that full-length two-story glass window, um, and then center tower is what's above you. And this does give you an amazing view of the lock. In fact, uh, as you look out, the, the the scene outside... Oh, Vanessa steps into the great room. Oh, wait, where's the... I thought you said that we could... Where's the glass? But, yeah, that's where, in front of you, up here. Yeah, Oops. that's where uh-huh. I was moving to. Okay. So, like, I could look out the window. Up there, yeah. Let me let me know if I die in the... <laughs> <laughs> no, but a couple things happen. Uh, as soon as you step into the great room, the fireplace on your left lights up, as well as oh, it's a haunted house. All of the oil sconces that are on the walls, backed by mirrors, light up. Um, seems like the entire house has lit up, as well as the massive chandelier above you. All the candles light. Um, I say, Harry Potter fans, everybody. <laughs> The as you look out the window, uh, as well as the the large wooden doors behind Russ and Sal uh, slam shut. Oh no! This is so awesome. The hold on, one of us is the betrayer. <laughs> uh, spoilers, it's me. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, and everyone can roll a spot check. I can do that. TJ or Paul, do you know if there's a scenario when the main character becomes a ghost and tries to kill everybody else? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't played enough of them. I feel like there's something similar. I don't know if it's you oh, become a what, ghost. What was, what was I rolling for? Spot. Spot. I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be amazing, man. <laughs> Eight. Oh, amazing in a bad way? No. 32. Oh. Okay. I only uh, have a 24, but I rolled an actual 20. <laughs> and I rolled a 19. <laughs> uh, as you guys look out the window, everyone notices that, you know, the, the weather when you guys walked in here was sort of early in the morning. It was a decent day out. Uh, as you look out, the sky over the lock is storming. Uh, it's dark outside. It's a violent purple sky. Uh, lightning streaks across the scene frequently. There's no visible evidence of any kind of civilization, such as the road, which would be seen in this direction. There are sort of, in the distance, dark, flapping, bird-like figures across the sky, although they, you know, the perspective is all wrong. And both Vanessa and Russ notice a group of plesiosaurs in the lock. Oh, nice. Aww. Stop and go. This is the place from Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> uh, in the great room itself, for the, just so I finish the description, there are overstuffed leather chairs and couch filled the space near the fireplace. There's a large polar bear rug complete with gaping mouth. Uh, there's a wet, bo- wet bar that sits in the corners just playing an impressive number of half-full decanters. We need to push the bear into the fire so oh. it can't come alive and kill us. <laughs> no, there's a flaming bear. <laughs> A larger-than-life <laughs> painting is over the mantle of the fireplace, oh, no. and you recognize it's the Scooby-Doo? glaring figure of Aleister Crowley. His eyes totally ob- follow you. Around. Obviously, follow you around the room. Right. 
Uh, Isn't that Alistair? He's Vigo. He's Vigo! <laughs> Scourge of Carpathia. It's actually, it's actually just Viggo Mortensen. He's <laughs> Vigo! Uh, the... Whoops. There we go. You guys can see, because there's no doorway, it's just steps that lead up into the formal dining area. Just number nine. I'm going to stop and be like, I want to say that this is some weird shit, but <laughs> on the like scale of things we've seen, is this really that weird? I mean, what am I even looking at? Is Okay, so I want to open, there's, uh, is there Dinosaurs a door? and moving walls? Yep, there is, there is a double set of glass doors right in front of Vanessa that lead out onto the deck area. Okay, I want to just put, I want to push one of them open, see if I can push one of them open. Okay, you push it open, uh, you, I mean, you're seeing out into the same scene, uh, it's a stormy, stormy evening, basically. You're not really sure sort of what time of day it might be because the lighting is so messed up. Okay, so, what I believe I happened is I came through the front door. Yep. I've just gone out a, a different door to the quote, to the same outside as what I just came from, and yet it looks entirely different and it's raining. Yes. And I go, okay, so it's not just a picture, and I'll step back inside and close the door. Okay. Can I root through the uh, mini bar and try to find something, uh, Appropriate for the sure. situation. Uh, I don't think there's anything mini about this bar. No, he, it, said, it's, he just said wet bar. Wet bar. Okay. Uh, wet bar. okay yeah. The under the cabinet, there it's it's half full of any any Glen. Give me a Glen. Yeah. Of old vintage wines and whiskeys. Uh, if you'd like, you can try to appraise them. Oh. But it, is there is there a ghost bartender like The Shining? <laughs> Yeah, home of some of the other ghouls and I. We've been talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. There are, you know, a number of half-full decanters, you know, the glass with the glass top that goes in it. Sure. And some crystal tumblers there if you'd like to pour yourself a drink of, you know, some aged whiskey or Scotch. Something. Scotch, yeah. yeah. Scotch whiskey. I, th- I think we have, we're gonna have to avail ourselves of this guy's uh, selection. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll raise a toast to the picture and I'll raise a toast to the dinosaurs and take <laughs> okay. a swig. All right. Uh, I, I'm gonna walk back to the doors that slam shut. Yep. I'm not panicked yet, and I'll see about trying to open them. They don't open. And I want to see what they're made of. They they seem to be made of wood. I'm going to say, everybody back up. I'm going to pull out my gun. Okay. And I'm going to fire... Well, and then, until unless something, of course, I can tell bounces back at me. I will shoot, <laughs> I will shoot three times. It kind of just... It hits the door and almost in slow motion goes into it. Uh, but where it should be sort of splintered, it almost looks like you're shooting into jello. Awesome. Look out the doors at like the doors it, gelatinous cube. It kind of ripples like it's you know it, it, you know, like an illusion or jello or something like that that's being disturbed a little bit. An illusion of jello. World. I was gonna say there's two <laughs> things I hate in this world more than fake jello. I want either <laughs> jello or nothing. <laughs> Illusory jello, yes. <laughs> 
And we'll leave it right there for this week. Thanks for listening to the LTM Gaming Podcast. You can find us online at ltmgaming.com, on Twitter at ltmgaming, or reach us via email at podcast at ltmgaming.com. We love to hear your thoughts and questions. As always, we do appreciate any five-star ratings you'd like to leave on iTunes. Tune in next week for the next installment of The Crushing Depths.